This is the Sold School Podcast, Episode 8. Welcome to the Sold School Podcast. My name is Will Mansour. I'm here with my co-host, Sean Getty. What's up, Sean? Let's go. And today, we are starting our first of three-part series on listings. Who doesn't want to be a lazy listing agent and collect all that bank? <laughs> We're going to tell you how to, how to do that because, listen... Working with buyers, let's be honest, it can fucking suck. So we're gonna tell you how to be a rock star listing agent in this three-part series. And today, we are going to be talking about how to get listings and listing appointments. So without further ado, I am super pumped about this. Sean, you ready? Born ready, let's go. Let's go, let's get into this, all right. Okay, so Sean, we're here, we're a new agent, we're, we have no friends, we have nothing, uh, we're starting out. What would you do as a new agent, not an experienced one, uh, to start the ball rolling to gain momentum if you wanted to get listings? Because let's be honest, most agents that are new are probably working with landlords and leases uh, and, uh, and buyers, right? So, but you want to get listings, right? Like I said, in, in the intro, you want to be a lazy, rich agent. So how do you get listings? Yeah. Well, listings are the key to this whole business, right? Like if you're not getting listings, especially in this market, like buyers are going to spend your time, your energy, everything, and you're going to, you're going to leave the industry. So you have yeah, to, but like, what, what's the saying? You got a list, to list to last. Yeah. <laughs> Tattooed on my ass. Just kidding. <laughs> so, but yeah, I would say like there's there's three main things, three main activities that you need to be doing as an agent um, to acquire more listings, right? And I guess you do fourth if you want to do some paid ads, but you know me and paid ads doesn't go so well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you um, you're so you're so cheap. Frugal, thrifty, smart. Yeah. So. Number one, number one, and this is a huge one, just calling your sphere. So many people, I don't know why they're so afraid or so intimidated of calling your sphere, but you got to start with literally the first name, uh, first name in your phone book, and you start working your way down, scrolling your way down. So first and foremost, and we'll obviously dig into these as we get going, um, but first is um, to call your sphere. Second one is open houses but open houses tied into door knocking. I think that's the big key that a lot of people don't do. Okay. Let's dig into that. Let's, let's drill deep into that. Cause that's, that's a special one right there. Yeah. Uh, rather than just putting up your signs and asking people to sign in, let's do that. Let's, let's, con let's combine the two. Cause it's super important. Go. Have to. Yeah. And then the third one, just so we got all three up and running. Uh, the third one is social media, but as you're putting out social media, put your content based towards listings instead of buyers. I see so many people posting on all these buyer type, uh, content yeah. and what are you going to attract? You're going to attract buyers, right? So you need to put listings, but yeah, if we want to circle into open houses with listings, uh, it's such a powerful way to get listings. It's unbelievable. So one of the things that we know about real estate is whoever has the most conversations wins, right? That's been, you know, time and time another, again. Another tattoo I got on my other arm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. The more at-bats you get, the more home runs you hit. And then the more you swing, the better practice you get and the, the further it goes. So, hey, Bruce. Yeah. So, yeah. so with open houses, um, obviously you're going to be collecting buyers at the open house itself. 
a lot of those buyers have a house to sell, right? So right off the bat, you can get that one. But the other one is inviting your neighbors into the open house, or not your neighbors, but the neighbors into the open house. And so many people are like, yeah, but we don't want the nosy neighbors coming and we don't want this, you know, people knowing we're doing or selling. Well, they can see your stuff online. Like it's, it's they don't have to be that nosy. Yeah. And um, especially- You today, want to have conversations with those people, right? You need to. That's that's how you, that's how you own a neighborhood is by having- Yeah, exactly. So what you want to do, it's a two-step process um, for the door knocking portion. But what you want to do is you want to knock doors to invite people into the open house. And a lot of them, when you're knocking on the door, they're going to think you're crazy, right? You're knocking on the door. And I always start with a joke, right? Hey, hey, hey my name's Sean. I'm not here to sell any knives, water machines, or Bibles. Uh, I've just got a, I just got a listing down the road, and uh, we're inviting all the neighbors to come check it out. And they'll look at you, and they'll be like, I live here. I'm not moving down the street. And you look inside, you go, oh, perfect. You know, like you've got a beautiful house here. I wouldn't want to move either. But here's your chance to pick your neighbors. So if you've got any friends, family, or coworkers that you want to live close by, you should bring them into this open house. It's a beautiful one. I'd love to help them. So that's the first one. And then they're going to see that you're a hardworking person. You're going above and beyond. You're doing the things you're supposed to do to sell a house, right? And you're being a little bit creative. They probably haven't heard that before. So first and foremost is, is getting to know the neighborhood that way and being, uh, that's your first introduction to them. Now bring your laptop with you, make sure it's fully charged because you might get a listing presentation right on the spot, right? So some of the qualifying questions when you're gonna go for, for that one and be like, oh, I know I've lived in this neighborhood for seven years, eight years. Well, what's the average time that people live in a house? How many years? Five. Yeah, max, right? Three to five years, people are moving. Everyone buys their forever house. Yeah. And five, five years is forever, I guess. Because that's <laughs> <laughs> so, so true, man. <laughs> If any of my buyers and sellers are listening, I didn't laugh there. <laughs> it's true, though. <laughs> yeah, but every three to five years. And the reason why is your life changes. Your family grows, your family shrinks, your yeah. job, you get a, you know, you get a bonus, you get demoted, whatever. So something in your life changes every three to five years that your current home doesn't work for you anymore. It used to be perfect. It's not anymore. You got to move. Great. No problem. So they're like, oh, you know, I've been here for seven years. Well, in my mind, you're two years overdue, right? So I'm like, okay, well, you know, what draw you? What drew you into this neighborhood when you came here? Like, oh, you know, it was so close to work. It was so close to the schools. It was close to whatever. Like, oh, okay, well, your kids still go to those schools? Oh, no, they're, you know, graduated and gone now. Okay, does it still make sense to live in this neighborhood for you? Or does it still make sense to have this big-ass house, you know, if uh, you bought it for your kids and your kids are gone now. So you're going to start to dig out pain points. And once you find those pain points, you can start pushing them. And then that's, what's going to lead you to a listing presentation. And you're not being pushy. You're not being this weird, you know, slimy salesperson. These people probably have these pain points that they either have let slip below the surface or they've been talking about, but nobody's brought them up to a point where they can move. Right. I think people don't know what they don't know either. Right. Like I was talking to a friend of mine last week who is a, an old client and uh, I posted a reel on, on IG about ec equity and he wanted to get together. He wanted to meet, he wanted to talk to me about equity and how he's got all this equity in his house and he's just sitting on it and it's doing nothing for him. Right. So that was a conversation we had uh, about refinancing his equity and buying doors with his equity and, 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 you know, instantly increasing his net worth in a matter of months he didn't know what he didn't know. And I find that with your point there, a lot of homeowners really don't know what they don't know, right? They're, they're stuck in a bubble. And so, and I think another thing you can say is it's the way the message is also positioned uh, that you're giving those homeowners rather than coming across like a greasy, slimy sales guy that wants a listing, right? 
Yeah. I think what you want is you want a relationship. You're having the conversation, which is what you need to do. And you want a relationship because they might not need to sell, but they might know somebody that will need to sell eventually. And if you're a good guy or a good gal and you're in there and you're talking to them, they're probably going to remember you. So be memorable, right? Don't be slimy. Absolutely. Okay, so t- we talking to neighbors. Yep. So you're talking to neighbors for an open house. Yeah, you're, or you're just talking to your neighbors in general, right? Well, this is not your neighbors. This is the neighbors of the listing that you're going to work the open, right? No, no, no. I'm just saying I, I, that that's right. But you could talk to neighbors that way. But you could also talk to your own neighbors. Oh, for right? sure, absolutely. And and like I've on the street that I live on, I've sold four houses on this street. And proud to say that I sold, I still have the most expensive sale on my street times three. So I I got that because I socialized with my neighbors in an indirect way. Hey, what do you do for a living? You know, all of a sudden they get to know you and you're hanging out with them on the street with your kids forever. And when it comes time to sell, great. And I'm actually, because I know my neighbors, I'm actually now, I've sold in the last six months, two of my neighbors' parents' houses that those neighbors are now not even on my street anymore. I moved them off. They're still good friends, but I'm now selling their parents' houses and I got one coming up on Saturday. So talk to your neighbors, uh, let them know who you are and what you do. Right. Um, if you have, you can even start a, a, a Facebook group for your street for community events and you're that guy or gal and you're also a realtor. Right. So two ways to talk to neighbors, open houses and where you live. Uh, Sean talked about door knocking. You talked about door knocking the open house. Now I want to talk about door knocking to get listings in general because you've had some super huge wins yourself and the people that are in your group have had wins as well. So let's let's bang that door down. Absolutely. Well, this is part two of that same strategy. So the first time you're knocking the doors, you're going to get to know them, invite them in for the open house. If they show up, great. If they don't, great. doesn't matter. But they're just going to, um, they're going to know your face and they're going to know your voice when you go to knock on the door the second time. So the second time you knock on their door <coughs> is uh, after the house is sold. So you've had the open house in this market. Everything should be selling really, really well. You should be able to put that sold sticker up relatively quickly with, you know, the highest sale ever, 100,000 over, whatever it's going to say. Yeah. And um so then once it's sold, uh, you go and you knock the same doors again a second time. But what's going to happen is now you're going to knock with buyers, right? So you're going to be able to knock the exact same house a second time and be like, hey, it's Sean. Don't worry. Still not selling knives, water machines, or Bibles. Remember, I was the one that invited you that open house a few weeks ago or whatever it was. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember you. How'd it go? It went incredible. We sold it for $10 billion over less price or whatever it was <laughs> yeah. in this market. And uh, it actually went so well, we have a ton of residual buyers. We don't even need to put your house on market and I can bring them through. You don't have to go through all the stress and the staging and the showings and the way. I can bring them through without even going on and we can see if we can get you the best price possible. And you should have a bunch of buyers from the open house itself, right? If you worked open house properly, we got a whole open house strategy. Do we do a podcast on open? Not yet, eh? No, we will. We'll do its own podcast on it because it's huge. Yeah. We both had huge wins on open houses. Yeah. So anyways, that's the second time that you're going to knock in their house is with buyers. And then you could skip the whole open house part if you want. If you have buyers, you can just go knock the second time. <clears throat> but it's one of those things where we talk about if you don't have uh, if you're actively working with buyers and sellers, you need to be actively working to get buyers and sellers. And this Prospecting. is a really good use of your time. Yeah. 
prospecting prospecting yeah so like if you're not doing anything on a you know thursday friday night you shouldn't be out there watching you know dancing with the stars or whatever's on tv these days you should be out knocking doors for your open work the open monday tuesday wednesday you should be knocking those same doors uh converting those people to listings because especially right now in the spring market i don't think there's a single street that you could drive down that doesn't have a brand new for sale sign at least one right like when you're driving around do you ever can you go down one street that doesn't got a for sale sign on it well, nowadays it's actually increasing a little bit where I live, but inventory is pretty scarce and there wasn't a lot of for sale signs out and about there, but uh, they are popping up a little more now that the snow's melting and the days are getting longer. Uh, and so, yeah, they're, they're up and about hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. The other one you talked about was sphere of influence, which we, we covered. One thing I want to talk about, about new agents is farming. Um, a lot of agents might live and work in an area. And one of the things I used to say when I first started, I used to farm the area that I was in. And I lived in an area called Poor Credit. It was in Mississauga. And on my farming material, my print media, it said, living and working in Port Credit. So that let everybody know that didn't flip my print media into the recycling bin like a hockey card, that I was living and working in Port Credit. Now, one thing I will tell you about farming, and there's a bunch of different ways you can farm, but if you're going to farm an area as a new agent, it's going to take time. So you got to make sure you might get a few wins quick, but most of the time it's going to take months to see results from farming an area. Now, now I'm, I'm in the business a long time and I do get people's print media and I don't really do print media anymore. And I actually keep everyone's print media just to see what everyone's doing. Right. Whereas before I'd be like, ah, some other agent just sold a house in my area. Who cares? I'm actually looking at what they're putting out there. Uh, and I've got my own ideas and, and little Easter eggs. Us Tesla owners talk about Easter eggs a lot. But I, I, uh, I talk about uh, I have my own little Easter egg that I'll share with you guys at the end of this episode uh, on what I would do with print media and, and farming. But you can also farm on social media. And that is where I'm going with this. And we do something as a group called the Blitz. And it's it's essentially farming uh, an, a, a hashtag, right, uh, and an area. So let's talk about that to get listings. You, you, let's talk about the Blitz because that's, that's a foundational staple for what we do. Absolutely. And then we'll, we can circle back to the warm calls later. But yeah, circle! You know me, big wheel. <laughs> For all so, the listeners out there that have been listening for seven weeks now, we all know that in Sh when Sean retires, he's going to be a bus driver because he yeah. likes the size of that wheel and he wants to just spin it around. And we're going back. <laughs> but right now we're going to talk about social media blitzing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so for social media, like that's the most powerful thing, the most powerful tool that you have, right? Yeah. Because the whole, the whole name of the game again is conversations and whoever has the most conversations wins. Social media is the only way to have conversations instead of one-to-one, one-to-many, and the more conversations, the more wins. So yes. what happens with social media is you need to grow your sphere, but you don't want to just grow it. You want to grow it in communities where you want to work with people that are like-minded like you so that um, it's easy to not be top of mind, but be top of preference and have people DMing you right off the bat all the time just to do deals. That's what you want to do. So the biggest thing you want to do is hashtags and locations and you wanna do locations of communities where you wanna work, 
So Applewood, if you want to do it, you would pick like the Applewood dog park and the Applewood local pub and the Applewood theater and the Applewood mall and all the things that are in that community that locals would go to and locals would put the locations and hashtags in that community as well, or things that you're into. Like if you're into baseball or beer league hockey or dancing or Pokemon cards, doesn't matter whatever it is. Uh, you could put that hashtag in there in your location and you could just start liking, commenting and DMing everybody that's posting that'll draw the attention to your account. And if you're posting things you're supposed to, food, fitness, inspiration, motivation, memes, pets, and your interests along with value-based real estate, when they come to your page, they're going to be like, oh, wow, like I like this person. He's into the same per- the same things that I'm into. They're into the same things that I'm into. Oh, and the real estate. Oh, wow, I didn't know that about interest rates. Oh, that makes sense about investments. Oh, that makes, whatever, right? And then boom, you get the DM and you're the one that's going to be working with that person. So how, how many hours a day do you spend farming social media like that? Two hours minimum. A day? Every day. I, yeah. Sorry, is this mic on? I just want to make sure. <laughs> is this mic on? Everyone listen. He spends two hours a day. You know, you watch Netflix, uh, you know, Jason Bateman on Ozarks, Marty Bird, whatever his name is. He, Sean has got that on in the background and he's also blitzing and farming Applewood dog parks and pubs. So um, you got to put the time in to get the results, right? Just put the time in. You're not going to get results by not putting the time in. And he's putting two hours a day. And okay. Here's another uh, fact. How many listings would you say you get from social media farming? Oh, all of them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> ah, wait, sorry. Dun, dun, dun. Is this thing on? <laughs> all of them? And how many is all of them, Sean? Uh, I probably did like a little over 70 listings last year. And uh, that's it? Like, what did 100 deals? <laughs> but 70 that's listings. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I do way more listings than buys for sure. Yeah. And uh, wait, yeah, wait, wait. How many years have you been in the business? Three now. Yeah. Carry <laughs> <laughs> on as you were. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like even right now, like every week is between three to five listings I put up uh, all year, like every week, three to five. And all of them are just straight up DMs, right? I don't have to go on straight listing presentations. I don't have to fight nobody for the listing. I don't have to negotiate things. It's just people give me, they can't wait to work with me because again, you, you build your value-based real estate. Oh, Mac. Hey. Is he not got a dog is like, this yeah. is such a distraction. Oh yeah. But right. yeah. So it's, um, this is this old school podcast. <laughs> oh, we're back. <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. Man. I love that. I love that. And, and, you know, okay. So the other thing, um, one of the things that I like and that you, you also do or stick with social media farming is social proof, okay? So let's talk a little bit about social proof and how, as an agent, you got to be careful. You don't want to be putting yourself out there too much. Uh, you want to be putting value out there. But it's not a bad idea to say social proof. Like if you sold a house and you sold it over asking in a certain area, um, you know, one thing I always say to people is don't just say sold for one twelve percent of list price. People love stories. So tell a story about that house and the listing and how it went and what happened and how you got to where you you, you were. Social proof's huge. Let's chat about social proof for a sec. Yeah, absolutely huge. The biggest thing I think is like 
if you turn the camera around or your phone around and you were watching the content you were putting out, would you be interested in that? And would you be interested in that person? In that person? And would you want to work with them, right? Like what would make you? And, you know, you flashing the new Rolex or the new car or, you know, the, the thousandth TikTok making fun of your own fan base and your own customer base that I see everybody's doing. I don't know. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. How, how many TikToks you see these days or TikTok type posts where they're making fun of their customers. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you, you want yeah. business from this or? Uh, I know, right? Like, I know, geez, don't get me going. Uh, so, um, but what happens is when you do a sold, there should be a story with every sold um, just naturally and just tell it. Where, you know, somewhere where you went above and beyond or somewhere where you got creative or somewhere where you had to dig down deep or work extra or, you know, handle things graciously with the other side, like somehow, some way where you were the reason that the deal got done. There's almost every deal is, is partly like that. So instead of just putting the sold, you tell the story of, you know, be the hero of your own story. But how were you the impact that made the deal happen? And right. other people are going to be like, oh, wow, like I didn't, you know, that could happen or, oh, shit, like he was able to make that work. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot to be said about that. I see a lot of agents out there that are they their posts, their pages and news feeds are all about them. And it's like it's like it's boring shit. Nobody cares. Um, I, I get sometimes that you know agents will post on their story that they're doing deals and stuff, but do it once in a while. Don't do it every week. Like three offers this weekend and three deals. Yeah, that you're just telling people that you made money. You you went to work and made money. Like so does everyone else that works in the corporate world, but they're not posting that shit. That is not social proof. That is social funeral, okay? Don't do that. Post something that's going to give value, a story about what happened with the listing and how you and your expertise uh, helped them not only negotiate a high price, but maybe you massaged a few other things for them that worked out for them. And, uh, and then you can segue that into the purchase that they got as a result of that or so on. So don't be a social proof donkey. That's my, uh, that's my uh, two cents. The other thing I like is knowledge is power, right? Um, and I know you're not a big stats guy and I'm not big on either. I used to post stats on my feed all the time. I haven't done it in over a year. However, it's really important that you know and understand all the stats so that if you're knocking on a door or having a conversation that you know that what you know, you're talking the talk, you know, that, hey, I, under, I know you have a semi-detached house here and so do we. Did you know there's nine semi-detached houses for sale in this area right now? And the last 10 that sold, the average price was this. Like that's going to pique some interest for somebody that was like, that didn't know what they didn't know. And they might want to maybe list. They got what for their house? Wendell, get over here. Uncle Sean's at the front door. Like, you know, and it's like, he just said the neighbors got 1.5 for their house. We need to sell. We need to reinvest. We need to, we need to pull our equity out and buy more doors. Like it opens up a whole plethora of conversations. So knowledge is power. And if you don't know, if you're going to farm an area, you better fucking know what's going on in it, right? Because it doesn't make any sense to farm an area. And then someone actually gets your, your farm piece or you socially farm and they ask you a question and you don't know the answer, you're dead before you start, right? Absolutely. Yeah. 100%.
Here's another thing I, I, I got uh, that I think is pretty cool that I've had a lot of people ask me to do is model the behavior of somebody who's successful and that's already doing listings. If you want to be a listing agent, source out and find somebody that is already crushing it as a listing agent and just tag along. Just model their behavior. Go meet them for coffee. Ask them questions. Ask them what they're doing. What are their five major keys to success for listings? What what do you what would they have done differently if they had to do it all over again? Um, like there's a bunch of different things you can talk to people and ask people, but you got to model behavior, right? Like um, model it. It, it. It's there. It's working. Whatever they're doing works. I think modeling someone's behavior is huge. What do you think about that? If you can get a, a proper mentor, I was actually. Uh listening to a little bit of a podcast on this earlier today. Um, but if you get a proper mentor, that could change your whole life, your whole business, your whole everything. But I think the unfortunate reality of our world these days is, is people feel entitled to a mentor. You know what I mean? Right? Because so many people are talking about it, right? Get a mentor, get a mentor, get a mentor. And now people are coming up to you and they're like, hey, you know, I've, I've, chosen, I've chosen you as my, um, I've chosen you as my mentor. So, you know, when can we get started? <laughs> or can you come meet me here and i'm like can i come meet you yeah I am? I'm yeah, yeah 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 what? i actually it's funny you said that because uh on a different note side side street here we're going down a little side street i had somebody call me yesterday and uh great great gal and she was uh interviewing me <laughs> And uh, I said, what do you mean you're interviewing me? And she goes, well, I was told I have to interview brokerages. And I'm like, this is where the colleges are all wrong. Because I said, wait a second. How many years have you been in the business? She goes, oh, I just got my license. I haven't even registered with a brokerage yet. So what exactly are you bringing to me as far as value goes, besides a pretty face and nice hair? Like, well, uh, well, listen, you're not interviewing me. I'm interviewing you to see if you're a good fit to fit with our group, right? What's your work ethic like? Are you full-time? Are you part-time? If you're part-time, are you going to put in the hours? You know, because we have a lot of part-time people that work in our group and they work their ass off when they're doing real estate and they're crushing it. Some of them are doing like six, seven deals part-time because they follow the plan, little plug. But at the end of the day, I'm not being interviewed. Like I'm not, I'm sorry. And you know, well, I was told to go interview brokerages. Now you were told to go interview brokerages to see which one you're going to give all your money to. That's what you were going to do. This one, I like their colors and I'm going to pay them all my money for them to tell me that uh, I have to use their branding and everything. And uh, yeah, it's just a nightmare. So yeah, that, I hear what you're saying about the mentor. Um, you know, people feel entitled that they, they should have a mentor. But what's funny is whenever I talk to people, the first thing they say is, I know it's coming. I can count to five. I'm looking for mentorship. Whether they're new, whether they're they're not new, or whether they're experienced, everyone's looking for mentorship. When, what's, what's funny, so the, the one that I was talking about was the Bigger Pockets podcast. And you know, I'm a huge fan, right, with Bigger yep. Pockets. For anybody out there that's thinking about investing, I'd say that's the, the number one place to go besides uh, Mere Will. <laughs> you know, no. <laughs> I got a small, I got a shorter beard than Brennan, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, but it was Brennan that was talking, right? And uh, he was talking about somebody that wanted to get mentorship from him. So he was talking about back when he got in the business. If you guys know his story, he's a super humble guy, 
uh, didn't expect nothing from nobody. Didn't think he was going to get as big as he got and all that kind of stuff. Like a really cool story. But um, when he was talking about his mentorship, he was saying that he was painting one of his friend's houses um, and the landlord came by from his friend and they got to talking and he was saying he wanted to buy an investment property and went from there. And he's like, I did everything for free for that guy for like a year or two years, whatever it was. He goes, if he needed me to show houses, if he needed me to write contracts, if he needed me to go and assess properties or whatever, he goes, I did it all for free under his guidance and his guidance speed tracked my business and my career. So what happens is he became valuable to the mentor by helping him pull some weight off of his shoulders and not just be a mentee that takes, 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 takes. And I think that's something in our society that we have to understand these days is there's a lot of gimme, 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 yeah. uh, especially from people that have already got it and they're bringing no value to the person that's got it. Like, you know, when's the last time someone went and collected lock boxes for you or signs for you or something for you? Well, you've given them all this mentorship, right? And I think <laughs> just thinking back to when I started, I would have done anything for information for free for everybody. Yeah, I agree. You know, and as mentors, um, you know, we give, 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 give. Like, I was talking to uh, one of my colleagues today, and he's like, "You're always engaged in, in everything that we do." Like, it's funny. There's so many people in our group, and I pretty much know what's going on with most of them, but they don't know what's going on with each other. So when we're in conversations, I even if they bring it up, I already know what they're going to talk about because I've talked to them about it, right? But it's getting to the point now where I need to disengage uh, at, at times just for my own sanity, because not only do I have that going on as a mentor, I also have my own business going on, my deals, right? And it's it's a lot. Um, and, and managing your time is massive. And when you're new, you have a lot of it. So you should be working on prospecting for listings all day long. Because you have all the time in the world. You should not be saying, I'm going to prospect for listings for two hours a day. Okay, I'm done. No, well, no, no, no. There's another 10 hours you could be prospecting, right? Take breaks, do whatever. But don't be those agents who work two hours and think they've done a good job. Um, yeah. The other thing I'll tell you too is I know a lot of agents that are new and they get into the business and they work on Fizbos and expireds, right? And there's a plan and a process for that as well. If you want to get listings, I know a friend of mine, um, he's a Toronto agent. He ended up coming up with this plan where he would drop off his expensive Fizbo package to 10 different Fizbos in a farm area per week. And finally, he started getting calls, right? And his whole thing in his package was, I'll sell your house for free, okay? Because he wanted the listings, he wanted the experience, he wanted the marketing. And of course, when you have a listing, you should generate more business from it. However, five, five deals out of a listing. However, they had to sign a BRA with him for 365 days. So he did the, he did the listing for free, uh, took care of all the marketing, the negotiation, the paperwork, everything. But they had to sign a BRA with him for 365 days. See, I love that, right? I love that because that's somebody who, in reality, like let's say you're a new agent, you don't know what the hell you're doing. As many people want to think that they do coming out of the gate. I remember me when I started, 
like me when I started versus me today are two completely different salespeople. Like completely. Yeah, totally. Right. Yeah. And you know, the amount of value that I bring today versus before, like there's no comparison. And um, yeah, like I remember my first year, I talk about this a lot, but like I was given deals left, right and center uh, on everything. One, because the market was so depressed. So you kind of had to, but at the same time, I'm like, you know, I'm new. Like I, should I be charging full commission on this? And if you got it, you got it. If you didn't, you didn't. But I would take listings to learn, literally, yeah. or years to learn, right? And I just wanted the volume. That's why I did, well, not one, that's not why, but one of the reasons I was able to do so much volume the first year and uh, get a really good handle on the business. And then moving forward, it's like, oh, wow, like I love working with Sean because he's been through this situation or if this comes up or I know how to deal with it. Right. So, yeah, it's huge. You know, and we have a, we had a, a podcast on Commission Talk. If you haven't heard it, go back, listen to it. It's good. Uh, and, and commission's a funny thing, right? You, you got to make sure you keep your commission breath uh, in check, right? With some good mints. But uh, all I'm saying is like, you know, there might be some times where you might have to take a bath on, on earnings uh, just to get the listing to generate more business for yourself and to build a relationship with that FISBO you never had before. Because if you end up doing a good job for him and finding him a house, well, now he's a referral source, Right. Exactly. And the more of those you do, the better. My buddy's doing half a million a year at GCI, and he started out chasing expireds and fizzbos. He had nothing, and now he's got lots of stuff going on. And he's been in, he's been an agent now five, six years, I would say. Uh, I was his agent, funny enough. There's a lot of guys that are in the business now that I was their agent before. I must have like rubbed off on them. Right? It's just, maybe I'm making it look easy. I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, well, professional do. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So we're going to wrap up. Uh, and I wanted to uh, leave everyone with this little Easter egg that I talked about, the little Tesla plug there. Uh, by the way, for those who have been listening, I did get my car and it is fucking unbelievable. I love it. Um, I, I don't pay for gas anymore. And gas is pretty high. Please don't hate on me. Hate the player, not the game. Right. And so anyways, I, uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're welcome again, Bo. I'm just saying, like, who, who talked you into a Tesla? Well, let's just say uh, it's that <laughs> big guy driving the little Model 3. Ding, ding. It's like an afford, man. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> you got to up your game. But yeah. no, honestly, it's amazing. I'm, I'm so, every time I'm in it, I'm like, this is awesome. And I love driving by gas stations and giving the, the, the sign, the finger. So uh, if you see me on the road and I'm laughing hysterically in autopilot, giving a sign, the finger uh, while I'm uh, just doing business in my car, uh, just honk. I'll say hello. I'll, I'll have no hands on the wheel. So uh, Easter egg. Uh, one of the things that I haven't done, but I've had other people do that is successful is instead of, if you're going to send out print media, um, make sure you have a QR code on it. Now, QR codes went away and they came back um, and they're back. And uh, unfortunately, they're gone again, but uh, they're back and they're used for all kinds of stuff. One of the things I always suggested, and this is the little pro tip, is do a video of yourself um, and attach it to the QR code on the print media that you send to your farm area. That way, and you can actually track that if you do the video on a platform like uh, Loom or BombBomb, you can track the open rates. So let's say you send out 2,000 postcards 
And you could put your face and your information on one side and a big fat QR code on the other. Uh, you can do a video where they scan that and it opens up a video of you giving them information and value on the area that you're farming, right? Uh, and a call to action. Make sure that you reference your contact information on the other side of that card and a call to action. And then you, it's kind of like a dopamine rush because you're going to send this thing out and you're always going to be checking the stats on it to see how many people actually scanned and and opened up that video and watched the watch time is on there too pretty cool and don't make it long make it short and sweet a little elevator pitch um you'll get you'll get traction on it for sure uh, and if, it, if you don't then you know it didn't work for your farm right um and it also it depends on how long you've been farming for right or if you got a listing video right on there listing video value 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 i mean there's a thousand different things you can put on there. You can do a video on equity. You can do whatever, like just make sure it's value. And, and obviously I wouldn't, I mean, you can try, don't expect amazing results if you've never farmed an area before. And then you decide, Oh, I'm going to throw this out there for the first time. You might get minimal results, but repetition is the mother of skill. So you keep throwing it out there. You keep repeating it. Finally, somebody's going to scan that thing and they're going to see your face and they're going to go, man, that is one handsome dude. I got to get that guy over here for some tea at my table. Uh, and that's the other thing, too. Always break bread with people at their house, at their table. That is their comfort zone. They will open up and give you all the pain in the world in their comfort zone, not yours. If that makes sense. Yeah. All right, Sean, you got anything else? This was great. This was part one of three, by the way. Next week, we are talking about... GSP Day 5, the listing presentation. Sean's bread and butter. Yeah? Let's go, baby. Let's go. Yeah, let's do it. All right, this has been great, buddy. I appreciate you and uh, some good stuff here for those listening. And if you got any questions or comments or want us to talk about anything, just hit us up. Send us a DM on IG. Follow us on Instagram, sold underscore. Uh, sold underscore school underscore podcast. Uh, it's in, in the link below. There's a lot, ton of stuff in the description of this podcast. Check it out and we'll see you next week. Take care, Shawnee. Okay. See you guys.